Welcome to the I Have ADHD podcast, where it's all about education, encouragement, and coaching for adults with ADHD. I'm your host, Kristen Carter, and I have ADHD. Let's chat about the frustrations, humor, and challenges of adulting, relationships, working, and achieving with this neurodevelopmental disorder. I'll help you understand your unique brain, unlock your potential, and move from point A to point B. Hey, what's up? This is Kristen Carter, and you're listening to the I Have ADHD podcast, episode number 121. I am medicated, I am caffeinated, and I am ready to roll. Today, we're talking about what it's like to be diagnosed later in life, and I'm talking in your 50s, 60s, and 70s. This episode is really important to me because I know that ADHD is hereditary, which means that it's likely been in my family for generations. However, my grandparents and great-grandparents didn't have the privilege or the luxury of obtaining a diagnosis like I did, and I'm guessing that your grandparents haven't been diagnosed either. Now think about that. All of the times that they were late or procrastinated or exploded on their family members, they were likely shamed and punished and felt like they were just bad people instead of understanding that they had a neurodevelopmental disorder that impairs their ability to inhibit those behaviors. When I imagine, especially my grandmother and my great-grandmother, feeling like you know they just never were going to reach their potential or feeling like they could just never get it together compared to their peers, it really makes me want to cry. <laughs> so if you have a parent or a grandparent in your life that you suspect might have ADHD, I encourage you to send them this episode with maybe a sweet little love note from you. Or if you're a senior adult who's wondering if maybe you have ADHD, please know that this episode was carefully crafted for you specifically, because no matter what your age, you deserve to know about, treat, and support your mental health. And that might include ADHD for you. If you listened to last week's episode of the podcast, episode 120, you know that Dr. Barkley mentioned that many, many more senior adults are receiving ADHD diagnoses. And I got an email just this week from a woman in her 70s who was diagnosed, and she asked me, and I quote, is it too late for me to get help? So, wow, like this is something that... I think the senior adult community is beginning to wake up to, and it's something that I want to address. So here's the first thing that I want to say, and this is just the most important part of it. It's never too late to improve your life. You're never too old to seek a diagnosis or treatment or support for your ADHD. I've had specific family members of mine say things to me like, well, I'm already old, so like, what's the point? And this breaks my heart. I will never understand this way of thinking. Personally, I never want to get to a place in my life where I declare that I'm done growing or improving or evolving. I want to constantly be learning more about myself and about the world. And I reject the notion that once we hit a certain age, we are no longer capable of making a contribution to the world around us. On the contrary, I think the world around us needs us, maybe even more so as we grow and age and mature and have a broader perspective on life. So here are my words of wisdom. Regardless of your age, it's never too late. 
You still have so much life to live. You get to decide what you want your experience of that life to be like. No, you can't control everything that happens to you. You can't control that you're getting older. You can't control some of the health concerns that you're facing, but you can gather all of the support possible to improve your experience of all of those things. And I want to say that I understand that this will require an immense amount of bravery. I understand that this will require you to see your past through a different lens. And I know that's not comfortable, but if you're willing to gather support around you, if you're willing to be intentional to foster safety in relationships with a therapist or a coach or your partner or your best friend, I fully believe that you have what it takes to get through this journey. And think about it. What might it be like for you if you were treated for your ADHD? If you're still working, you may end your career and retire with more success than you had when you started. And if you are already retired, I can personally guarantee that an ADHD treatment protocol will definitely improve your golf swing. Okay, that was a joke. Uh, Was it funny though? Did you like it? I hope you did. But seriously, think about it. As a senior adult, do you have a vision for the next 20 or 30 or 40 years of your life? If not, I encourage you to start crafting a vision. What do you want this season of your life to look like? What do you want your life to feel like? What do you want your experience of the next few decades to be like? It's never too late. And if you're an adult in your 50s or 60s, 70s, or even 80s, I want to personally invite you to join my coaching program, Focused. Focused is a monthly membership where I coach and support adults with ADHD and all are welcome. We do not discriminate. You will find like-minded peers in our group, people of all ages. You're not too old to change and improve your experience of life, and I would love to support you in that. So I'd like to share with you an interview that I had with my client, Jane. Jane was diagnosed later in life at the age of 52, and I want to read for you, before we get rolling here, I want to read for you what she sent to me because it is just profound. Jane said, I was not diagnosed until two years ago at the ripe old age of 52. Focused has unlocked a treasure trove of explanations for a million thoughts, feelings, and actions from the last half century. It's helped me to communicate with my husband about some of my quirks, like why I hate weekends. I've stopped feeling less than because I have to write down everything, or I've lost my keys, or my productivity ebbs and flows. I'm an awesome person with a disorder, not a loser masquerading as a normal person. It's been a barrage of aha moments sprinkled with regret for not figuring this out sooner. C.S. Lewis said, companionship blossoms into friendship when one of you says, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. And that's what focused has been for me. So I can't wait for you to hear from Jane. Please enjoy this interview. So we're going to talk about being diagnosed later in life. Right. And I'm so glad to have this episode out there because even though I was diagnosed 
technically as an adult, I mean, 21 is like barely an adult. Um, I'm so glad to have someone like yourself who's willing to chat about what it's like being diagnosed in their fifties. So like, tell me a little bit about that. You know, like I said, when I finally got diagnosed, it was such a relief Mm. because, you know, I was just one of those kids who totally probably even still go under the radar. Like my daughter was going under the radar even Mm. today because, you know, I was a straight A student. I didn't cause problems. I love to read, you know, all of these things. It never occurred to anybody. Mm. And, you know, I can't blame anybody because it wasn't really a thing. Yeah. And the further I got along in school, the more I had to do, the harder things got mm-hmm. to focus and get things done. And so things just took so much longer. And I never understood because I have a lot of bad qualities, but I'm pretty smart. Yes. So I never understood like why these dumb people could get stuff done. <laughs> you know, yes. like I'm like, I don't get it. It's a, and I'd be like, oh my God, it took me so long. My friends were like, really? I remember in college, I was writing a paper and the way the room was set up, the desks were right near the door. And my desk was further from the door and a friend, it was like body doubling before we knew what body doubling was. I remember my friend Caroline came in and sat in the other chair and wrote her Christmas cards and blocked the door. So I had to sit in my chair and write my paper. That's amazing. Yeah. So you were using like implementing supports for yourself that you didn't even realize. Tell me what led you at the age of 52 to pursue a diagnosis? Like what was that process like for you? I, I knew I was distracted. I knew I had trouble focusing. In my last job, I was having issues with it, but I was under a lot of stress and I have anxiety and it kind of just like, oh, that's what's causing your lack of focus. Okay. Yeah. That's valid. And again, cause I don't present. Yes. You know, it's like, you're promiscuous. do you do drugs or do you yeah. have no, I'm like, no, I take care of personal finances, my last job for millionaires. I don't have a problem with money. Like that's not the issue. So finally at some, I guess I was talking to my psychiatrist and I said, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm like a latent ADHD. She goes, well, you may just already had it. And I'm like, yeah, but she goes, well, I can test you. I'm like, well, what's the point? She's like, well, I can medicate you. <laughs> and I'm like, then I'm like, oh, I don't want to be t- t- taking meds. And, uh, you know, and then mm-hmm. she's like, well, let's take the thing. So I took the little evaluation thing. She said, I scored like on my impulsiveness and all that kind of stuff is, is on the lower end. Mm-hmm. I think it's a Catholic guilt. It just keeps it all on the lower end. <laughs> but on the focus, the attention, the lack of self-esteem, all of that, she said, was off the charts. So she's like, I'd like to try, you know, putting you on something. And so we fiddled around with it a little, just the dosage and it made this huge difference. And, you know, you kind of like, well, what's the point now? You know, I'm old, but. I want to talk a lot about that because I think. About my being old. Thanks, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Let's dive way deep into that. No, I want to talk about this line of thinking that is like, you know, after a certain age, whatever it is that we make up in our minds is that certain age, what's the point? And Mm -hmm. like, can you say more words about that? Like for yourself, you, that was your initial response. It's always, it's always there. Hmm. The problem, whatever the problem was, which I didn't know what it was. um, The fact that, you know, I sucked. I was a bad human being, uh, you know how it goes. Right. Crazy, lazy, and dumb. Um, it was always there and it was so frustrating. 
I couldn't understand like, and you know, time's going on I'm like, well, maybe I'm 30, I'll have my act together. Maybe I'm 40 when I'm like, you know, <sighs> when I get married, when I have a kid, blah, blah, blah. And right. I know, you know, and I love it when like someone like a boss would be like, wouldn't you just love to get that done though and be able to cross it off your list? I'm like, I never thought of that. Let me hop yeah. off and do that. Yeah. But it's like, but why can't I? And then my husband is the opposite. He is Mr. Instant Action. Like I said, I really don't like our front walk. It's like cement. It doesn't go with the house. It looks crappy. The next day I hear this noise. He's out in the rain with a jackhammer. First this of all, you got yourself an amazing man. Oh yeah. Kudos. Yes. Oh. And he's like, oh, about halfway through, I was just so tired of it. I really wasn't, you know, but, and I'm like, see, I, we would just have half a walkway if that were yes. <laughs> just not. So like so, that sort of made it even more glaring to me. And I'm like, yeah. why can't I do that? And, so when she mentioned it, I figured, well, what the hell? Mm. I mean, what do I have to lose? Like I said, I was, I was out one day and I was just doing, getting through errands, you know, and I realized like I powered through like three hours of crap, just stuff, you know, all that little, what my grandmother would call long in the doing and short in the telling, just like all these little things. And I'm like, I, I wasn't like stressed because I wasn't. I mean, not that, I mean, I, I have anxiety. I have some depression anyway, but definitely the ADHD just, it's this vicious circle. Totally. Because you're anxious to get it done. It's not getting done, whatever it is. And then you feel sad and you know, it's just like, it never stops. Totally. So you were saying that you powered through like a couple hours of errands that was like post-medication, like you were medicated and then you started to notice like, oh, my experience of the world is actually changing. Yes. Like, and I think then combined with kind of knowing that's what it was Mm. and then getting unfocused and seeing like, you know, other people and, and you and having like a similar thing, I, then I can sort of like unpack it more. Yeah. Because one of my things, like if the morning doesn't go the way I have a hard time getting, I'm like, I'll just sit here and watch Netflix. (laughs) Um, Or I'll do something really that I don't need to do, but I want to do that's sort of useful, but not really the thing, the thing. I mean, I still beat myself up. I mean, having a reason for it Mm -hmm. makes such a difference because I don't feel like a failure. I don't feel so much like a failure. So 52 years old. Yes. Your psychologist says, Hey, I think ADHD might be a factor here you are able to work through the drama of like, oh, what's the point? Like, should I even bother? Mm -hmm. You are diagnosed, yes, 100% with ADHD. You start on a medication journey. You start to notice almost immediate improvement and don't feel so much like a failure. How has not feeling so much like a failure impacted your life? it's again, it's kind of that relief, you know, Mm. and I don't feel like, especially with my husband, because like, I'd be like, I know, I know, I didn't get to this. And and he's like, you're projecting all these things on me. I'm like, I know, but I know you like it neat, blah, blah, blah. And now like, I don't do that. I either get it done or I don't get it done. Yeah. So you joined Focused 
in December. I was thinking yeah. December 2019, but no, it's December 2020. So you've been yeah. in for about six You're months. You're like, the price is going to go up. I'm like, I got to get in oh, now. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> what it has works. that experience yeah. been like for you? It's been good. I And it's funny because like I, I have, I don't know if you can see, but I have my B minus work uh, can oh, change I the world thing up there. Part of me is like, oh, I don't do like, I don't do the live calls that often. Yep. I, I, you know, I catch up and I, I find times when I can do it. And I'm like, I'm not going to get upset. It's not like I'm failing. I'm doing what I can do. I'm getting something out of it. I'm being persistent, not consistent. I love it. And so that, but it just, it really is that whole, like, oh, I'm not the only one. Yeah. That's like the biggest part of it. It's common, but it's not common to talk about it or, totally. you know, and, you know, especially it's for adults. Like yeah. I'm not, I mean, I'm 40, so I feel like that's very grown yeah. up. Yes, I feel like up. I've graduated. And I think especially people in the like 40, 50, 60, 70 age mm-hmm. bracket, there's either not a diagnosis or people are just really are not super open about it. Like yeah. they're just kind of like, why this is my info. I wouldn't share it with anybody else. Right. Where I'm like, let me just shout it from the rooftops because it is such a part of like who I am. Yeah. And I get, do you get this? Like when you say something about ADHD, they're like, oh, I do that too. I must have ADHD. Shut up. Yeah. You neurotypical weirdo. I know. I'm always like, oh, really? Are you clinically diagnosed? Yeah. And then I just let it hang. <laughs> they're like, oh, no, not. Okay. What medicine are you on? Right. Um, but yeah, there's that. And there's also this, this sort of, I think, um, p- thing that people think that kids grow out of it. Yeah, like there is definitely. no such a thing definitely. as ADHD that yeah. kids just grow out of it. Yeah, and I'm many people are like, well, how do you still have it? You didn't have it when you were a kid. I'm like, no, I had it. Just nobody knew I had it. Yeah, yeah. um, because I was just, you know, I guess I I'm good at compensating. You know, it's right. there are things that kids grow out of, but it 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 changes. It's different. Definitely, like, you know. Yeah, and I think that's why so many of us who weren't behavior issues right. in school were completely overlooked. And, you know, my own son who is not hyperactive at all, like the most compliant, gentle human, complete opposite of me. He is my husband, not me. Obviously every single teacher, I would, I would say to them, you know, I really think there's something going on here. Like he's really spacey. He has no follow through. He can't like follow multi-step directions. And every single teacher that I talked to from kindergarten through fifth grade was like, what? No, he's the best. And I'm like, yeah, I know he's the best. That is actually nothing to do with it. (laughs) Like that, that's not the point. but are you noticing how much um, he's struggling in these areas? And I think in their defense, and I, I'm interested to hear what you think about this. I think in a classroom setting, when everyone is doing the same thing, yeah. it's much easier for people who are rule followers and don't struggle with that hyperactivity component. Yeah. It's like having a classroom full of body doubles. So of right. course, you're, bo- you're looking around yeah. And you're constantly reminded, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But when you're hyperactive, right. your body doesn't allow you to just like sit and, still. And again, it gets like with my nephew, who is an amazing athlete. This guy's like, oh, yeah, I taught Brian how to pitch and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, when Brian was little and a hyper, he didn't want him on his team. 
Oh my gosh. Yes. But now that he's like fabulous man. Yeah. Star athlete. Yeah. Now mm. he's, you know, his mentor, but oh. it's that, it's that, that stigma. Like I, I, we're on the waiting list for a magnet school right now. Mm-hmm. And I don't know when, if she gets in, if I even tell them she has ADHD. Fascinating. Right. Because I almost think I'd wait and see like how things went. Mm-hmm. It's not like she's really had accommodations and stuff. And she's always been, my mother calls it house devil street angel. She's good in public, like good in school, but it's home where all the frustration comes out and, and yeah, trying to like, I mean, distance learning or whatever, the homeschooling thing, <sighs> nightmare. Cause she wasn't, she wasn't diagnosed yet. So she wasn't medicated. I was, but so you have two people yeah. who are, you know, of ADHD and the times they've had to be off, luckily she's been in school most of the time. The time she's had to be off, they do it, did it much better this year. It was much hmm. more schooly, but this was more like, here's a bunch of work. Yeah, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, the temper tantrums and the, and I don't blame her. She was just frustrated. And, totally. And now like she can kind of pull back from that frustration a little mm. bit. Cause she also, I think it's having something to pin it on. Not just like, why can't I get this? I'm stupid. Yes. And that I think is such a great point. Did you feel like when you were diagnosed with ADHD, that you had something to then pin your struggles on Yeah, and you weren't necessarily attaching it to yourself or your self-concept and like, I'm just a bad person. I just am obviously selfish because I can't follow through on any of this for anyone else. Like when you were diagnosed with ADHD, did it give you something Okay. Blame is the wrong word. No, but it's it's a reason. It's not like, yeah. Like my husband has a hearing loss. He was in, when he was young, he was in bands and stuff and it just, he didn't like, right. And he's also worked in like a lot of heavy machinery, loud stuff, Mm -hmm. whatever over the years. So he's always had trouble. I'm like, just go. And he's like, oh, they said you couldn't do anything because it's like the tinnitus and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So just go to the ear, nose and throat guy. Let's see. So he went and he got tested. And even the doctor said, I'm shocked how extensive your hearing loss is. Wow. You compensated well for it. Like, he's like, okay, I really, I really can't hear. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like you really, can't. it's, it's real. Mm-hmm. And someone said like trying to tell someone with ADHD to, you know, cross that off their list. It's like, if someone said to me, well, you should try to see better. Yeah. I can't, yeah. <laughs> I'm 2,800 of them, my glasses. I can't right. do anything about that. Right. I can function. I can be corrected and function perfectly yeah. well but I can't change. So I'm curious, what ways were you compensating? So pre-diagnosis, so like you were talking about your husband compensating for his his hearing loss and what ways were you compensating for your ADHD? Well, a lot of times, I mean, it would be, I would stay at work till midnight. If I had to, I Mm. would go in on Saturdays if I had to get something finished. Mm. Um, I would stay up till three in the morning packing before a vacation. And then my husband at like, you know, 10 minutes before I leave the house, he grabs a duffel bag. It's like, foo, 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 foo. I don't see why it's such a big deal. Like, and he doesn't forget anything. Usually we did go to a water park and he forgot his trunks, <laughs> which my daughter never lets him forget. But yeah, I just tried, I would do whatever I could, but it was, like I said, at this personal cost, if you blow a tire 
on a big nail and you're stuck on the side of the road. You're like, oh, call AAA, whatever it happens. If you run out of gas, I'm a stupid idiot. How could I be so dumb? Why didn't I take care of this? Why didn't I notice it? So it's sort of the difference from going, thinking that you're running out of gas to the fact that, oh, my gas tank has a hole in it and it all came out and it's not my fault. Like, deal with it. You know, like, it's not an excuse at all. And I tell my daughter that too, but it is an explanation. It's just, Mm -hmm. you have to find ways to make it work, to work around it. Definitely. Oh my God. It's so exhausting. I mean, it's so exhausting. I am so with you in that. Like the amount of effort that you have to expend in mm-hmm. order to just function as an adult with ADHD, who's not being properly treated for it. Like it is out of this world, how much effort it takes. And it's yeah. hard if you are being treated, but you're, you're working at such a deficit. Your brain just wants to work in its own way. But we live in a society where it's like, that's not possible. Yeah. Like I can't just go like, it, like knowing I'm smart. Yeah. Then it was more, fr- I was like, why can't I do this? Yeah. Like it just, I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't get it. I remember saying to one of my friends, how'd oh, you ever have one of those days at work where you're just like not productive, you know? And she's like, not really. I'm like, oh. <laughs> But you know, the whole like uh, ebbing and ebbing and flowing of productivity. So the whole point of this episode, the whole point of our conversation is just to highlight the diagnosis and treatment experience of someone who's been diagnosed fifties or later. And I'm really wanting to hear from you. If I have a listener who's in their fifties, sixties, seventies, whatever, who's listening, who's totally resonating with your story, but having that same thought of like, what is the point? I'm 50 years old or I'm 60 years old or I'm 70 years old. What's the point of getting diagnosed? What would you say to them? Got to get out of the idea of it being that it's weird, that it's a kid thing, that it's a school thing. Mm -hmm. It affects every part of your life. It affects your relationships. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're like on your deathbed and been given last rites, I think you should try it. Yes. You know, it's not like, I mean, it's fast. It's not even like one of those meds where it has to build up in your system. Right. You know, and then just learning this stuff, it's (laughs) so freeing. It is. It really is. And like I said, I still get discouraged. I still get annoyed with myself and I still want to do more than I do, but I can step back a little bit from that. So the point then of getting a diagnosis later in life is what kind of experience do you want for the rest of your life? Exactly. I mean, if this is bothering you, if you're thinking about it and it's bothering you on a daily basis, it doesn't do anything to go to a doctor and have a test, Mm. you know, Um, there's no harm done in that. There's no harm done. There is a point you've still got like Right. 50, potentially 50 right. years left on the earth. My dad's turning 91 tomorrow. So oh you know. <laughs> you've got a lot of life yeah, to live. Yeah, exactly. And no matter, I even if you have a shorter time, it's more reason to be able to enjoy it. Oh, um, but I hear oh, like a lot of adults get diagnosed when their kids get diagnosed. Yeah. Because they're going to the doctor like, well, that's fine. That's what I do. And the doctor's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Let's unpack that. I mean, I think people think it's weird when you say you have ADHD mm. in some ways. Um, I think it's weird that they think it's weird. Well, yes, honestly. but we're very evolved human beings. We are so evolved. <laughs> You're absolutely right. It's interesting to think about like when it's appropriate to bring it into like random conversation. Right. And I don't right. usually do that because no. not everyone deserves to have right. the conversation with me, right, right about right. it. I right. ironically missed my son's IEP meeting because I have ADHD. Of course, I'm like shame spiraling and it was- yeah, 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 like, yeah. I'm a whole. terrible mother. Blah. Yeah, and human and community member and all the things. But when I finally like got back in touch with them, I was like, listen, Charlie has ADHD for a reason. Yeah. Like, gets it from me. And yeah. this is just one of the ways that it plays out in my life. And I'm so sorry. And I thought I put it on my calendar, but I didn't. And, mm. you know, I apologize profusely. But to be able to own up to it in those yeah. types of situations has been really powerful for me. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a mass. I'm like kind of a badass. I just didn't put it on my calendar. Right. And I was like, on a coaching call because I'm right. amazing at my job. Like those kinds yeah, of things exactly, in exactly. my head, you know, exactly. now it's like, no, I'm not a hot mess at all. I just like, yeah. I'm not good at this part of life. Right. Yeah. I think it's, you know, accepting like I may never be packed and ready early. Right. It may just never happen. What you do know? you think is the thing that you've had to accept about yourself? What's, what's like the biggest thing that you've accepted about yourself? It's knowing that like, I'm not those things that I want to do that I have trouble doing. I'm not going to be able to hit those all the time. I'm going to be able to hit them yeah. some of the time, Yeah, but I'm not going to be able to hit them all the time. Mm. And that's, it's okay. You know, like you mm. have to choose your battles, pick your, mm. all your stuff. And, and even if it's a little bit better, it's like, well, maybe I stayed up late packing, but it wasn't because I was being indecisive. It was because I had other stuff to do during the day. So right. I'm up late, but that's okay that I'm up late. I'm so thankful because, you know, whenever I have somebody on whose story is so different from mine, uh-huh. I just think there's so much value in that because I know there's, we have so many listeners, thousands and thousands of listeners. There are people out there that while they connect with bits and pieces of my story, they're not going to connect with all of it. And so I love having you on to be able to encourage a segment of the population that I'm just not really able to right. speak to. So right. thank you. And if you are an adult with ADHD, who's maybe over 40 or 45 or 50 or 55 or 60 or whatever, we just want to encourage you. And we want you to know that we see you. And if you suspect you have ADHD, it's never too late to seek out a diagnosis. It's worth it. You'll only regret you didn't do it earlier. I hope that you enjoyed this interview with my client, Jane, and I hope that you know deep down in your bones that it is never too late to get a diagnosis, to seek medical treatment, or to go find some support for your ADHD. You have a lot of life left to live. No matter how old you are, you still have breath. You still deserve to be treated for your ADHD. All right, my friends, I can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, adhd I see you. I know exactly what it's like to feel lost, confused, frustrated, and like no one out there really understands the way that your brain works. That's why I created Focus. 
Focused is my monthly coaching program where I lead you through a step-by-step process of understanding yourself, feeling better, and creating the life that you know you're meant for. You'll study, be coached, grow, and make amazing changes alongside of other educated professional adults with ADHD from all over the world. Visit IHaveADHD.com slash focused to learn more.